pop quiz, Hotshot. Someone tells you they want to cancel a contract, wants a refund, and if they don't get it, they're going to sue you. What do you do? What do you do? I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. is the Virtual Real Estate Investor Podcast with Vincent Polisi. Buckle your your seatbelt and prepare to learn how to legally make six figures investing in real estate with no money, no credit check, and nothing but a computer and internet connection. Learn how you too can begin generating buyers and sellers for free today and why you're only two calls away from making a $10,000 or more payday while never leaving the comfort of your home. And now, your host, the virtual real estate investor, Vincent Polisi. Here we go. As we've discussed before, if you're in business long enough and you're doing enough deals, eventually, unfortunately, the nature of the beast is that somebody is going to complain. Someone is going to be upset. Someone is going to accuse you of things that you didn't do. Someone's going to scream fraud. Somebody is going to threaten to sue you. Somebody's going to sue you. And so you have to make the educated decision as an entrepreneur, understanding those things to either acknowledge it for what it is and be prepared or live in fear and go work nine to five jobs for somebody else. So I prefer to be prepared. I've always been prepared. And there are certain ways that you have to deal with things when these things come up. Most people, unfortunately, buckle under pressure. They buckle under threats. They're not used to dealing with them and handling them. And if you're a professional real estate investor, these things are going to happen. And you just you have to get equipped at how to deal with them and hold deals together, avoid litigation, and keep your business operating smoothly. If you're going to collapse at the first time somebody complains or threatens you or threatens to sue you, this is definitely not the business for you. Now, what you're going to get to hear in this call is exactly what happens when things go wrong and how to handle it. You're going to hear a buyer, a seller, technically an option or an assignee, but for all intents and purposes, we're going to call them a buyer and seller so you understand how this transaction is going down. In addition to some friend of the family for the buyer who has for some unknown reason gotten involved. You're going to get to hear people making claims that absolutely are not true and have no basis in fact. And you're going to get to hear exactly how I deal with that to hold this deal together. And by the end of the phone call, after all the hostility, you're going to get to hear them thank me for educating them while not ever acquiescing to anything that they said. In other words, I didn't buckle. I didn't give them, provide anybody a refund. We didn't cancel any contracts. Everything stayed on course. You have to be able to do that, to be the ramrod that does that. Hey, what's up, investors? John Lee Dumas here, founder and host of Entrepreneur on Fire, awarded Best of iTunes 2013, and you're listening to the Virtual Real Estate Investor Podcast with my man, Vincent Polisi. Prepare to ignite. And now, without further delay, it's unquestionably everyone's favorite segment of the Virtual Real Estate Investor Podcast with Vincent Polisi. It's time for an extra-large dose of total transparency. As you listen to Vincent live and in the trenches dodging bullets and grenades while he's closing real buyers and sellers over the phone. Hello. Hello. 
Hello. Hello. Brittany. Hey, he uh, his direct number went to voicemail and his cell number doesn't work. Yeah. <laughs> nice. But did you none of those were the six seven eight number, right? I, I don't have a six seven eight number. I do. He called me. Let me get it out my contacts real quick. Um, hold on. I have three numbers saved in my phone for that man. Um, six, seven, eight. Yeah. Six, four, eight. Twelve, twelve. Twelve, twelve. Okay, hold on. Thanks. Hi. Hello? Vincent. Yeah. Hey, uh, I got Steve and Brittany on the line. This is Brett, and uh, they had uh, some questions. They wanted to talk about their uh, transaction on their uh, uh, Steve's property. Okay, I'm sorry. Who is this? My name is Brett, and uh, I'm a consultant of Brittany's. And Brittany's on the line as well as Steve. Okay. And All right. What type of a consultant are you? Uh, just a personal uh, personal friend. Okay. All okay. Right. But, what can I help you with? Well, Steve and and and, and Brittany are somewhat, I guess, uh, not not with a clear understanding of this transaction, and. Uh, uh, Brittany's intent is to buy the property from Steve, and Steve's intent is to sell it. And and uh, they would both, at this point in time, like to void the contract that they have with you and and uh, have their their funds reimbursed. Yeah, it doesn't work that way, though. Okay, how how, how would it work? Uh, I beg your pardon. We have executed contracts. That's how it works. That's the purpose of a contract. Mm -hmm. purpose of a contract is so you have an agreement in writing that everyone understands and that they agree to. It's not so that we can do all the work and then put the two parties together and then they can mutually decide to do a deal without us and with us not getting paid. That doesn't make any sense. Well, Steve has a cancellation clause in his contract, correct? It's it's already been, the option has already been um, exercised though. Mm -hmm. That's all recorded. We've got the recording of the whole thing. So, uh-huh. listen, guys, I'm going to tell you something. I'm not here to play any games. I did exactly what I said I was going to do. Steve has the money that he is owed. Brittany has the house that she has owed. If you guys want to go get an attorney, go get an attorney and have him call me. Well, Vincent, let me ask you a question. You, you've received your fee. So, based on the fact that you've received your fee, can the contracts be voided with you maintaining your fee? Well, I don't have all the money yet. There's $2,000 that's still owed to me. Well, you, you collected $10,000 from Brittany, correct? Yes, and I forwarded $2,000 to Steve. Uh-huh. Because she didn't have the full amount required by the contract. Uh-huh. So if I give you $2,000, we can be done with all of this. Yes, that's not me doing anything illegal, fraudulent, unethical, or wrong. That's the deal. That's the agreement. 
But me nor Steve are really clear on the agreement. I can't help that. I don't understand what that means. You said that you executed a contract without reading it. How could you possibly be clear on the deal if you didn't read the contract that you signed? It's like one of your clients at Yellow Pages saying, hey, I didn't realize I was paying for all of this stuff because I didn't read the contract. It's ridiculous. Well, Vincent, here's my question is, you know, Steve's under the understanding he's selling his house, but he doesn't have a Georgia real estate contract that's executed to sell it. So? So how's he going to sell his house? I don't understand the question. Well, you're, are, are, you, are you brokering the deal to sell the house? I'm not a realtor. Okay. So what? Well, then if you could clarify, what is the purpose of the deal then? If Steve thinks he's selling his house, Brittany thinks that she's buying it, but there's no real estate contract. There is a real estate contract. It's the one that Brittany executed. Well, that gets that, assigned that, to Steve as soon as I have the remaining money. So when you receive the $2,000, then you're out of the deal altogether then? Is that what you're saying? From a legal perspective, yes. I assign all right, title, and interest and everything over to Steve so that he has the contract and all ownership and that in the event that Brittany defaults, he has the ability to proceed directly with the dispossessory action. Okay, then at that point, then Steve would have to execute and 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 uh, uh, put in place a Georgia real estate contract to, to complete the transaction. I don't know where this I don't know where this Georgia real estate contract thing is that you're talking about is coming from. Okay, there's no other contract that has to be done at this point. We already have the contract. So if 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 if, if we take your contract to a title company in Georgia, they'll close the deal with what you have. Close what deal with what we have? For Brittany, what you guys don't understand is you don't – hold on. Don't talk over me, okay? You don't understand mortgage banking, all right? What is going – here's what's going on. Let me explain to you so it makes sense. I spent 12 years in mortgage banking and owned a mortgage company, and I can tell you exactly what it is that's happening, okay? Brittany okay. is now going in for a purchase money mortgage on a property that she technically, legally already owns. You cannot do a purchase money mortgage – on a property that you already own, that you have equitable interest in. You can only do a rate and term refinance transaction on that property, okay? Steve has the deed as a security interest in the home so that he doesn't have to take her through the judicial foreclosure process and then evict her in the event that she defaults. So the issue here at this point in time is that she doesn't qualify for a loan amount sufficient to cover the purchase price, as I understand it, from what she told me earlier today. And it's the credit of the down payment funds that she already has. Now look, let's back this thing up to its most elemental foundation so that we can all get on the same page. Because I don't appreciate the character attacks and the casting aspersions on what we're doing and the insinuations of fraud and all this other stuff, okay? We're not going to, we're not going to go there with this. The deal was this. Brittany gets the house. She buys it. She's the legal owner of that property right now from, a, from the IRS's perspective, which is exactly what was promised. She can take the tax deduction, which she desperately needs right now. The whole confusion in this whole thing is that Brittany, before even completing this transaction, has decided to go and try to do another transaction only to find out that for whatever reason, based on her income, she doesn't qualify for the full amount necessary to purchase the property. 
Okay, if she did, and there were equity in the home based on the appraised value and the the uh, acquisition price that she has, she wouldn't have any issues. But that's, that's not the case for whatever reason. Thousand dollar paper trail paid to the title owner, like I told you earlier. Yes, I understand that. I understand that. But again, you already own the home now for every perspective that, that makes any difference. But that's not his perspective. He owns his home. So just so I understand that, so, so in, in this transaction, Steve, in essence, is carrying the note? So, yes, as I explained to everybody, Ready moves from buyer to borrower. Steve moves from seller to lender. And those are the effective titles of everybody upon completion. Mm-hmm. And, 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 no other, uh, and, and there's no other lien on the home? There's no other financing currently on the home? Through, I mean, Steve currently owns a home free and clear? I didn't say that. He doesn't. He has a mortgage. That's what has to be paid off. Okay, and and then in the interim, the two thousand dollars a month interest goes to Steve for carrying the note. Correct. So Britt needs to pay that directly to Steve, and when you're paid the two thousand dollars, you're completely out of the picture. And once the assignment takes place, sure. From a legal perspective, I mean, it doesn't mean I'm going to leave everybody hanging, just as I haven't left her hanging with the air conditioner issue or anything else that's happened. Uh-huh. That's not the way we do business. Okay. If this was some kind of a scam or a fraud, I wouldn't be on the phone with you right now, would I? Yeah, I, I'm not saying it is. I'm just saying they don't understand. Neither had a clear understanding of of of, of the transaction. And granted, yeah, they signed. You know, if they signed, that's one thing. Having an understanding, you know, is is, is another thing. Well, understand something, I, and I appreciate what you're saying. And if that's the case, I'm happy as I can be to clarify everything for everyone to their ultimate satisfaction. But our PBX records all calls for this exact reason, mm-hmm. okay? Because I do have recorded phone calls with both of them acknowledging their understanding of what we were doing. What's right. happened here is we have an issue. It sounds like, and I don't want to point fingers, but it sounds like there is an issue of greed where the $10,000 is involved. But that's the only thing you guys are talking about. Other than that, there is no issue, right? Well, an issue of, I thought that that $10,000 went directly to Steve. From my understanding of what you told me, that's why there Wait, was what difference, Let me ask you a question. What difference pay. does that make? What difference does that make in the entire transaction? How did you think I was being paid? Whether it comes out of the front side money or it comes out of the back side money is immaterial. But you didn't tell me that when I asked you the benefit of someone coming to your company and doing this for you. Tell you what? I don't know. I don't know, Steve. I mean, Vincent, I'm, I don't know. This is why I have Fred on the phone for me. Okay. Well, I, I mean, I, 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 I have a better understanding. I didn't tell you what? What is it that you're saying that I didn't communicate to you? I don't know. Because Brittany, I, I had hours and hours of recorded phone conversations yeah. with you. I didn't understand the fact that the $2,000 wasn't going towards the 285 it is going towards the total price. If you read the contract, it's a credit. Yeah, it's for the sales nobody, price nobody is four ninety five. 
the sales price is four ninety five less than ten, and or I mean two ninety five less than ten, and right. Steve, Steve's two two eighty five. I mean, I now that you've explained events, that I have a better understanding of it, and you know, I mean, yeah. I guess it's, it's it's I think I'm right in saying. I mean, this is not a common uh, everyday transaction that people go through. I mean, this is kind of a unique, not unique. I mean, I'm sure you do a lot of these, but it's not a uh, standard real estate transaction that you know, 95% of the people get through and buying a house. Uh, yeah, until the last seven years when the, when they imploded the mortgage industry and people can't qualify for mortgage financing, I would agree with you that it's not yeah. the vanilla, that it's probably 3% yeah. of the transactions that are yeah. out there. I agree with so, that. Hey, so, 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 so there's understanding, and you get your $2,000, and then you, you move out of the deal. Brittany gets a loan, and, as soon as the, and she pays... Um, she pays Steve $2,000 a month up until the time that the loan closes. And then, and then Steve, Steve's paid off by, by her loan or by her mortgage. And then Brittany makes her mortgage payments and, and everybody's down the road. Yeah, but, that's exactly right. Yeah. They, they, they'll listen, let me explain this. The, the only monkey or the only, only the monkey wrench here that we have is the fact that she hasn't completed the transaction that she's currently in yet, and she's going off half-cocked to Bank of America trying to then do another deal, and nothing has been properly explained to Bank of America on exactly what's happened. And because of what you said, they don't have an understanding, and because they don't have an understanding because it's not a vanilla deal that they see every single day, you deal with single-cylinder brains that can't process anything outside of the little boxes that they're used to filling out, and that's why we have to get involved and explain it to them, okay? It's the exact same thing thing to deal with when we're doing stuff like we just closed. Well, actually, she actually, matter of fact, Brittany can tell you this. Well, the same thing we had to go through with her with the 401k. Most of the time, they don't understand what the scenario is and how it, what the legalities of what we're doing are. But I have to get involved and explain to everybody, here's the law. Here's how it works. Here's how she does, you know, X, Y, and Z mm-hmm. so that everybody's on the same page. So the challenge she's got with Bank of America is that they don't understand what the, how the deal is, is put together. Um, she's got a, more than likely, based on the underwriting guidelines, she's got a seasoning issue as far as the funds are concerned because there's no sourcing and seasoning of funds. And I've I got bad news for you. They're not going to let her use the money from the credit card for the down payment. Right. Regardless. Right. Okay. I mean, yeah. and, and I would have never let her do that if I had known that she was going to turn back around immediately and try to go right back to them. Um, for, you know, for a, whatever it is she's doing on the side, because I could have told her right out of the gate, that was the whole purpose. Typically, these deals will close sometime between six and 12 months after somebody's in a property. And at that point, if she'd had used the credit card, the uh, two things would happen. There would be seasoning of the funds because they require 60 day seasoning on all funds. Okay. The other thing is, is that if more than likely from what she said, the credit card would have been paid off. So there would be no associated debt for her debt-to-income ratio on that credit card. Mm-hmm. Okay, the Bank of America will be able to say, okay, this is where she used it, she paid it back. We have 60-day seasoning, we know where the funds came from, you have the chain of title, and you're in good shape, the paper trail. Uh-huh. But what's happened here is she's not even done with this thing yet, and you know, the first thing she does, I'm not saying she's doing anything wrong or whatever, but that's that's where the, the crux of the problem is. Uh-huh. So when, when when she goes to her, her bank to get a mortgage, what kind of mortgage did you say she needed to, to request? Well, because of where she's at right now, I don't even know if it's going to make a difference because of the, the down payment money and where she got it from, being from – because that was never the original 
discussion that we had, so you guys understand. Okay, it was never yeah. nobody ever told her go get a credit card and charge it up for a down payment. Uh huh. Okay, that's not a conversation that anybody oh, anybody you ever told had. me that, that if that I didn't came in the money. Thousand. But then, Vincent, you told me that I had to keep the ten thousand dollars by Friday, or I wasn't going to have the house. Yeah, that's because Steve had another renter. I mean, Steve, were you on the phone? I'm here. Yes. Okay, so Steve had another renter lined up for Monday. The purpose of this deal with you, as I told you Sunday, was that if we don't get something locked up and we get funds in hand, where I can tell him that we have an executed contract and good funds in hand, then he's going to sell the property, or not sell it, but rent the property to these other renters, and we wouldn't even be having this conversation. So that was the purpose of all the hours and hours and hours I've spent with you on 401k calls and all these other all these other issues and air conditioners and all this other stuff was to number one, secure the property for you so that you didn't lose it to the renters. Okay. And then to put you in a position where you own the home and could immediately take the tax deduction because that's where you're at now. Now you have a $2,000 a month tax deduction that you desperately need. Vincent, um, you, you said what, 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 when I was just asking about the mortgage, what, what type of contract is it that she needs to tell the mortgage company she has? It's not a standard real estate contract. You call it something else. Uh, I don't know what you're referring to. I mean, you can download the, this well, the, called the, the GAR, the, the, the Georgia. The contract to buy the, the the house, the contract she has, she can take take that to the mortgage company, right, and say, I'm, I'm purchasing this home. I want to get a mortgage. But really, you're saying it's a refinance. Well, yeah, she's going to – what's going to happen now because she's like, you know, day one into doing this is she's going to be convoluted because she just – you know, they're going to they're have seasoning requirements on all of this stuff, and they're, you know, they're not going to credit her for the down payment. Or not, not all, let me rephrase they that. They're not going to they credit her credit for all of the. They told me they would credit me that if I had a ten thousand dollar receipt from the homeowner, from me to the homeowner, as well as the gift money written up from my parents. Right, but you didn't tell them that it came from a credit card. No, they knew. They did. They called me when I got that credit card and told them why I wanted it. They called me. Last week, it wanted me to come into the bank. I didn't call them for the mortgage. Okay. Hey, okay. hey, hey Vincent. So let's yeah. let's say that you know. So she's paying Steve two thousand dollars a month right now for interest. Let let's say she can't get the mortgage. Can she just become a renter and pay pay Steve rent or? I mean, would can why, Steve, why would she want to? Let's say she can't get a mortgage. Can Steve? She already has one. She has a mortgage with Steve. Right. So let's just say, I mean, does Steve have the right if he wants to? Can he leave her out of the contract and just let her become just a regular renter? So I'm not trying to be offensive. I don't understand where we're going with that line of questioning. Why on earth would she want that? What what if she can't go to a bank and get the mortgage now? So what? So so she can make mortgage payments then to to Steve, and and then Steve has to turn around and make mortgage payments. 
Yeah, exactly like he does if he rents the house. Not any different. She's got 24 months to qualify for conventional financing, and based on everything she indicated with her credit and her income, that shouldn't represent any issue. The only issue that she's got right now is the free, how quickly she's trying to do all this stuff. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's what every seller wants, which I'm assuming is why Steve's on the phone right now, because he'd like to get the property sold. That's right. the promise that we make to him. I mean, that's, that's the objective in getting a buyer like Brittany, you know, with the money that she's making, with the credit that she has and all that stuff into his property so that she can close the um, refinance or the whatever, the refinance transaction. Right. That's the whole point. It's, it's designed to be a win-win for both parties. In most cases, the buyers don't qualify for conventional financing, mm-hmm. and they need some time to get things restored and get you know straightened out so they can qualify. Mm-hmm. In most cases, the sellers can't sell mm-hmm. or because they can't compete with the banks on the short sales and the foreclosures without discounting the property to a point that they don't want to um, discount it to. And so this becomes a Band-Aid, a win-win for both parties. She gets a house that she can own with a tax deduction. He gets somebody in the property where it's a better deal than a rental because he's no longer responsible for maintenance and repairs. So he's got a static income coming in on a monthly basis. Plus he's got amortization on his loan. If he's got a, a fully amortized loan, so he's making additional money mm-hmm. there, which basically affects the, you know, it's almost like cash flow. Um, and so it's a, it's a phenomenal deal that is being convoluted strictly because of the, the, I guess how, how quickly she's trying to do the thing with, the, uh, with Bank of America, and that it, it was kind of done, and I'm not criticizing her or trying to be condescending, but it's kind of done half-cocked. It's like the purpose was, and we were supposed to be on the phone together with them, and I guess somehow I, I didn't see her call come over, and I bungled that, so I'll take responsibility for that one. But beyond that, I mean, it's you don't have to go through Bank of America. You go through anybody. Right. doesn't matter. So long story yeah. short is, is this. Here's what has to happen, because I assume that everybody wants to proceed with something. We need to get me on the phone with an underwriter because I speak their language and I can walk them through the underwriting guidelines and explain the deal and say, okay, now listen, this is what's happened. Uh Tell me how we document it and fix it so that it will pass through your underwriting. Mm -hmm. Okay. And that's all that has, that's all that has to happen. And then once that happens, they'll give us, you know, a list and then she can, I don't know if she's made application yet or not, or if they, I don't know what she's done at this point, but they're going to, they're going to have to see um, – have they got your tax returns and all that, Brittany? Did they get, your, get all that stuff from your paycheck subs and everything yet, or are you still working on that? No. They told me they cannot accept my application due to you not signing that other contract and due to you not being the title owner. Yeah, back up for a second. Making an application for a mortgage is not predicated on any contract that you have executed. You simply make an application. You can do that right now online. Okay? It has nothing to do with having it with any contract. But she told me the underwriter is not going to accept anything she sends in for me until the contract is written between me and the homeowner. And then the contract that me and you have, you didn't even sign the other side. So when I printed it out and gave it to them, they told me that it was not void. There okay. was not a contract. Yeah, it's <laughs> – yes, and let me explain to you why that is. Um, that was done for Steve's protection in the event that you moved into his house and didn't pay all the money, and we had to get you out because you weren't paying what you were supposed to be paying up until the point in time that all the funds are in and you've done what you're supposed to do. Okay? That's why. Because other than, you know, you started moving stuff in day one, 
when you'd only paid, you know, $1,500. And if we had, if that was a scenario where you didn't follow through and do what you said that you were going to do, we had to have a remedy to be able to explain to a sheriff that you were trespassing and to have you, you know, removed from the house. Although, but I got you the the, the $10,000 by Friday. I mean, I did everything to get you that money. I understand. So also now, uh, Brittany's in responsible for paying the taxes and uh, she needs to have a homeowner's policy enforced? Yes. So what happens is, hold on, let me finish. What happens at that point is this, once she has a homeowner's policy in place, we have, it has to be set up with Steve as the mortgagee and the additional insured, okay? He has to be on both of theirs on the declarations page. And then Steve can drop his structural policy, and then he can reduce her $2,000 payment by the amount that he is currently paying for his structural policy. And he still nets the exact same amount of money. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. What, what about the taxes? What about them? Well, so Brittany pays the taxes too then? or I mean, will the taxes hey, be in her name? Or... Okay, let's back up. She's a homeowner, Okay whose name the taxes are in at present, that's not going to change until the deed gets conveyed from Steve. Now, if he wants to convey the deed to her right now, he can do that. Uh-huh. He can have a security interest in it. He can get, a, get her to execute a security deed, and he can convey the deed to her. That can be all be handled by an attorney right there in Savannah. That can all happen. I wouldn't advise it, but that can happen. Mm-hmm. Well, until that happens, his taxes would still go to Steve then, right? That's between the two of them. It has nothing to do with me. Well, no, I'm, I'm just saying. I'm, I'm just saying. Yeah, I'm just saying. From the, the county's going to send the tax bill to Steve and build the deed change. Correct. Right? That's what right. I meant. Uh, me. Once the record, once the recordation happens, right? But from the state, you have to understand the way her payment is structured. It's property taxes and interest only, and the reason for that is not to harm her. It is to maximize the tax deduction that she can take immediately because if she follows my advice. She will be able to then immediately increase her net net take home pay based on her tax rate, mm-hmm. cash in her pocket every single month. So when we go through the process, and I ask somebody, what would you rather have? Would you rather have a fully amortized principal and interest taxes and insurance payment, okay, where you're going to be lucky to have $100 a month going towards, probably wouldn't be that much, $100 a month going towards principal? that's phantom, it's paper that can be lost and absorbed, or would you rather we do this and you have an extra 500, depending on what her tax rate, I don't know what her tax rate is, but yeah. $500, $750 a month in actual cash in your pocket every month so that it offsets the um, net effective payment that she's making. So in other words, if she's paying two grand, and let's say that the net effective benefit of, of the increase in her take-home pay is because I don't know what tax bracket she's in, but it's, it's either going to be 25 or 35 percent. So it's 500 to 750 dollars in real spendable cash that she would then get by adjusting right. the W-4 and what the IRS calls anticipation of the tax deductibility of the mortgage payment. Okay, right. so mm-hmm. it's a phenomenal deal that she has, and that I mean that, that they both have. I mean, yeah. in all honesty, I'm not just saying that because I put it together, but when you understand all the moving parts and why they're put together the way they're put together. The only issue that we have right now is that she wants to get a mortgage, and Steve wants her to get a mortgage, and I, I mean, we all do, 
and how do we affect that based on where we're at today? It's like trying to mm-hmm. put milk back in the jar or a milk right. back in the carton. So that's what I'm saying is we need to get a hold of, um, you know, we're going to get a hold of Bank of America or somebody tomorrow, whoever it is, whatever lender she wants to go through. And let me talk to the underwriter and figure out how to, you know, because we're going to have to put this thing together with bailing wire and duct tape. Okay. If we're going to do it, if we're going to do it immediately, because I don't believe, I'm going to say right now, I don't believe that they're letting her use the credit card money for the down payment. That is a absolute no go and has been right. for decades. Right. Okay. Until, right. And again, let me qualify that. Until and unless it's seasoned for a period of time, and normally they require a minimum of 60 days seasoning. Uh Okay. And then she has to qualify based on that other debt. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, Brittany, you got any other questions, Steve? I mean, I, I have a, a, a pretty good understanding of now of uh, you know, that makes sense. I mean, it was just, you know, a better talking to you, Vincent. Well, I appreciate that. Let me explain to you what you guys can do here so it makes sense from a legal perspective, okay? I'm not trying to harm anybody in this, okay? And so, so everybody understands that. We work like hell on both sides to put this thing together and make it make sense and get her in when she wanted to get in and get Steve somebody in there that wanted to purchase a property and was going to qualify and get all the, the traditional absentee landlord hassles off of him and increase his net net on the, on the property itself. So, but once I provided the assignment, you guys are free to do whatever you want. If Steve wants to issue her a mutual or you guys want to execute a mutual release, you know, a waiver of liability and a hold harmless and cancel that contract, that's absolutely your prerogative. You absolutely can do that, okay? And you guys can start fresh and say, hey, listen, let's cancel that whole thing out. We can start anew based on whatever bank of Because normally what I would typically do, um, and this is what I was going to do before all this came up, was as soon as the remaining funds were paid, I was going to put together the agreement directly between the two of them and just 86 the one we have. Uh-huh. Okay. Okay? Okay. Because that way you have – and that's the problem that you're running into is we, the process was not allowed to complete normally – when somebody comes in, they pay the money. It's all paid at one time. It's not done in these staggered payments. Right. Um, and then, there, then there's just an agreement that's done directly between buyer and seller, and you have the clean contract the Bank of America is looking for. Right. Okay. Okay. All right. Um, so once you get your remaining two thousand dollars, then everything you just said can happen. Yeah. Okay, and no other legal binders. Brittany, 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 remember, I'm the guy that's been with you with this thing from the very beginning, okay? I'm not trying to hurt you. If I was trying to hurt you, I would have hung up the phone a long time ago. Okay. Okay. Does that make sense? If I was trying to hurt you, I wouldn't have talked to you yesterday about air conditioners and gotten you warranty information from Steve. How does that benefit me? It's a waste of my time, okay? Well, you get paid $10,000 to do it. Well, I understand. That's, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> You're making my point for me. It's good business, okay? Yeah. I want to take care of you as a client and make sure that you're getting exactly what you're what you're expecting. If there's an issue, we want to make it right. Just like I told you, if I have to pay to get the garage door fixed, that's what we'll do. Hey, Steve, did you have any other questions about the deal? No, I mean, I'm I'm much more educated on the on it. <laughs> okay. Is everybody it. happy? Is everybody happy other than the fact that she hasn't closed on a Bank of America mortgage today? Yeah, I mean, um, I'm fine. I just, I just, you know, I'm, I'm just trying to get, I'm just trying to climb the, 
education wall here and just better understand what, what's going on. That's that's what I've been trying to do. <laughs> that's fine. I, you know, if I had known that there was a, a dilemma, I would have been happy to take any additional time with you to, you know, clarify. No, I think, I think after, I think what has just kind of progressed slowly is just, there's just been more questions. You know, we've moved so fast. I mean, after I'm like, okay, all right, now what about this and what about this? And I think I've just had more questions as time's gone on. That's fine. And that's what I'm, I'm here to help you and, and what, you know, walk you, sort of walk you through that process. The reason that, that it seems you know, funky or whatever at this point is just because it was very accelerated because of the renters that you were going to put in there. Obviously, I had a vested interest in trying to make sure that um, you know, we didn't lose a buyer that had that type of capital to put down. We wanted to put a good deal together and not lose that all together uh, based on the option agreement that we had. And then, you know, just with her accelerating this thing to try to go, I've never had, uh, and I'll be honest with you, in six years of doing this, I've never had anybody go to a bank in the first week trying to get qualified. They normally have been to a bank before they ever come to us and know that they don't qualify, which is why they're coming to us to begin with. But I I told you in Augusta, my loan officer told me I was qualified. And then I go to Bank of America, and they said up to $271,000. Yes, you're qualified. And yeah, well, I, throw, go ahead. I'm going to throw another um, rich here. And let me, let me just tell you this. Them telling you that you're pre-qualified doesn't mean anything. The only time that you're going to be qualified is after you actually close the mortgage. And the deed's been conveyed and Steve's been paid. That's the only time on a real estate mortgage transaction that you're going to know that you're qualified because deals collapse on the mortgage side every single day because of, you know, a bazillion bugaboos that come up as they're going through and they're underwriting your file. Okay. Yeah. I mean, even when you have perfect credit, I can test. I mean, it's, it's a, anymore trying to get a mortgage, it's a pain in the ass. Oh, it is. Yeah. Well, let me tell you this. I had a, I had a doctor come to me. He had an 830 credit score, $270,000. I'm sorry, wasn't that? It was $300,000 in cash. 830 credit score. He was trying to buy a property in Ponte Vedra, and Wells Fargo turned him down for a mortgage because even with perfect credit, with enough cash to pay for the house, plenty of reserves, all nine yards, he didn't qualify because he had just sold his practice of 27 years and had decided to buy, I think it was a Subway franchise or something in um, Ponte Vedra. And he didn't have, you know, a 24-month history of income from the new venture on tax returns. Mm-hmm. You know, so, you know, he's got perfect credit and plenty of cash, but he still can't get a mortgage. So, I mean, yeah. right now that's about, you know, the estimates are that about 90% of the U.S. population does not qualify for conventional financing based on mm-hmm. what they've done since 2008. Yeah. All right, and let me let me help you guys out here because you don't. And I'm not trying to be ugly, but you don't understand lending. Man, that's not not a slight on you, but unless you've been in the business, it's difficult. It's not a two hundred and seventy-one thousand dollar purchase price. Okay, that's not what Bank of America told you. Bank of America told you a two hundred and seventy-one thousand dollar loan amount, which means that when you factor in the three and a half percent down payment. Which is going to run roughly right around ten thousand. That puts your purchase price up to roughly two hundred and eighty-one thousand or so ballpark to get the two hundred and seventy-one thousand dollar net loan. So I don't know if that makes sense, but that's those are the actual actual numbers, not 
a purchase price of 271. It would be a purchase price of probably, and they can they'll have to back into it based on the percentages. But the purchase price would be like 281, with a with the $10,000 down payment of three and a half percent of whatever the number is they come up with, netting out to a max loan amount of 271. Okay. Does that make sense? Because I mean, that's that's the way that that's going to work out. It's not. It's not has nothing to do with the two seventy one purchase price. Yes, I, I understand that based on the things that I heard at the bank today. Okay. So so uh, the next steps, I guess, is then. So when Brittany goes to the underwriter, you'll 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 talk to the underwriter and and, and help her get through that process so that they understand exactly what's going on and what she needs to do. Absolutely. And I'll, I mean, I'll walk her through the whole thing and explain to them and we'll figure out how to connect the dots in a way that they're happy Yeah. and understand something. And don't take what I'm saying the wrong way. Even if I, we do all that, there's still no guarantee until she'll you guys are at the closing table. Right. Yeah. That she's going to be qualified. And I'm not right. saying that to be negative. I'm just telling you the way these things work. I mean, they're oh, yeah. Yeah. scrutinizing mortgages. Like, you know, even with the, um, FHA insurance, the MIP and all that. Yeah. Listen, Brittany, let me ask you a stupid question, okay? Because I to make sure you're not going to shoot yourself in the foot here. What did they tell you your payment with, because they're going to give you an FHA loan is what they're going to do. With MIP, with taxes, with insurance, with all that stuff, what did they tell you your payment was going to be? Um, $1,800 a month. And what was the rate? Uh, 0.69. Oh, 4.69? Oh. I heard 0.69, but I could be wrong. I did, I'm sorry. I can't hear you. What, <laughs> I said I heard, I heard 0.69, but I could have heard wrong. That's why I called you 20 times so you could hear what I was hearing. No, the rate would have to be somewhere in the fours based on where current okay. mortgage rates are at. I almost understood. That's all right. Not a problem. I just I, I can find all that stuff out tomorrow. Because, and you got to watch what the, what you're being told just to make sure. Because on a FHA loan, if that's what you're applying for, there's in addition to the principal and interest, there's an MIP payment, which stands for mortgage insurance premium, that they're going to whack you with. Yeah. In addition, and to that's why she told so, me. That's why she told me if I paid him the sixty-four hundred dollars back, okay, that they will qualify me for a conventional loan. Which okay. I plan to do with my next bonus check on August 9th. So gotcha. um, she told me that she would rather see me in a conventional loan than in a FHA loan, too, as well. She told me she'd rather see me in a conventional loan. Yeah, I would, too. I mean, the problem with the conventional loans, they require, you know, 5% down. And that's why she said if I can have a paper trail where that $10,000 was paid down, and whatever money my parents want to give me as a gift, that they would accept that. Okay. But the problem is, is I don't have a, a legitimate contract in their eyes from Steve, and then I don't have a paper trail from where the money went from me to Steve. Well, that's fine. We, we'll fix, we can fix the paper contract between the two of you easy enough, as I already indicated. And then we've got to find out from them based on what we've done, what specifically we can do to fix the document trail to their satisfaction. Okay. 
Okay. Okay. So everybody's more clear now. Thank you for this call. Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. Okay. Hey, though I'm not really involved, it was a good learning experience for me as well. Well, yeah. I, I appreciate you saying that. I'm sorry if, I, if I'm a little prickly. I just had uh, it was something Steve is not aware of here. Is we, we just had we're running through an issue here with a, with a PayPal account that they locked down, and I've got about four grand sitting in it from people that have paid me, and they've just locked us out of the account. So I'm having to fight and battle to get that thing straightened out. So if I seem a little hostile, that's what I've been dealing with here for the last two days. So forgive me. Okay. All right, everybody. Well, it's been uh, good talking to you all, and have a great night. Okay. Oh, hey, it's my pleasure. You've been listening to the Virtual Real Estate Investor Podcast with Vincent Polisi. If you've enjoyed this podcast, be sure to connect with Vincent at virtualrealestateinvestor.org, Facebook at facebook.com forward slash virtual real estate investor, or at Vincent's private Facebook group at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash virtual real estate investor.